This is gonna be a good pod. Yeah, dude. Sound good on my end. Have we met Evan? Yeah, I think I was on one pod at one point a few months ago, maybe, um, where it was like a, a larger group. There's like oh, a handful yep. of us. We should do that again sometime. Dude, definitely. I would love to get more of this going. It's always fun. That sounds good, I think. Nope, it's still there. All right. I'm reading a stat here. Uh oh. Warriors are 1 and 14 in their last 15 games officiated by John Gobble or Trey Maddox, including four playoff losses. Whoa, they're, they're 1 and 1 and 14 is in their exactly? last 15 games. Yikes. Like yeah. Draymond. Look for a little tic tac fouls on him early on. Damn. They can't, they can't do it to Steph because he's too high profile. But somebody like Draymond or Wiggins. The Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins. The Warriors, their other, you know, good players, they're going to keep him on the bench, and then the Lakers can go on their run. Tactical. <laughs> Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in here today again with AQ. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's up, man? How have you been? I'm good, man. Good. Been another uh, two-week period in between uh, pause, but, you know, it's it's working right now. I got enough uh, enough to, to balance out with the moving and the rest. It's, it's hard to get much more going, but in the last couple weeks, it's been you and me and Mikey V. Shout out to him. Uh, today, Mikey... He was thrown off the pod for his horrible opinions. No, he just wasn't really available. But Evan M, Evan McCarthy of EvanM.com, the sickest, slickest Blazers prince you can find online. How's it going, buddy? It's been a long time. Hey, man, that's really, uh, really sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. Um, it's going well. Just hanging out down here in stormy New Orleans right now. Um, just getting yes. really excited, really excited for some basketball. Stormy New Orleans. Let me actually just point out real quick, too. Yeah. We've got all three of us in, in drastically different locations. Uh, Abdekamla's coming up from Minnesota. Evan, you're down in New Orleans, and I'm out here in Hood River. So three far corners of Rift City in, in different ways. But uh, thank you for, both for joining me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, man. Uh, let's jump right into this. We got three big topics to kind of roll through here. But first, I want to touch on kind of something that's been like on the back burner for a while. We've talked before about the NBA expansion. It's been something that's a long time, even before Adam Silver has kind of been a topic, but Silver has touched on in the past, uh, not last season, but a couple seasons ago before, you know, other things kind of came to the foreground with COVID and the rest. Uh, that expansion could be on the table in the future, could be something we could be looking at. It's been mentioned again in the headlines and Seattle and Las Vegas are kind of seen as two of the front running destinations as far as adding teams in. The big thing that I want to note here is they're saying, AQ, that this would move Minnesota Timberwolves to the Eastern Conference. That would make Houston, that, like, again, we're talking about the three of us being three different corners of the Rip City. That would put you all the way in the other conference. You'd be like a whole uh, a whole new kind of ambassador from a, 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 a almost a foreign league at this point. I guess it's a foreign conference, if I can say conference a few more times, worth the word conference in there. But yeah, what, what do you guys think? AQ, let's start with you as far as uh, how do you feel about this uh, going over to the Eastern Conference instead of the Western out here in the West, but uh, what's your opinion? Yeah, well, I am West for life, and that West has always been the better <laughs> uh, NBA conference. <laughs> Literally, no question. Um, 
I actually like the idea of moving the Timberwolves to the East. Uh, T-Wolves <clears throat> actually travel the most in the NBA because all their, like, divisional opponents are, like, Portland, Denver, um, uh, who else, you know, all the, uh, Utah and whatnot, and they travel, like, way too much anyways. So I, I saw a map that would put Timberwolves in the same division as Milwaukee, Detroit, and Chicago, which is the same as, like, the NFL's NFC North, which that makes sense. So... And it would it would make more sense to put Memphis, uh, in the I believe in the East as well. So, and then bring bring back Seattle, maybe give Vegas a team. And obviously Evan, uh, you down there in uh in Louisiana as well. And, you know, same kind of thing. There's definitely arguments about like where you could really draw the conference lines. But yeah, I just thought this was kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys can see the phone here, but is this the map you're talking about, AQ? On, the, yes. on my screen over on this end. Yep. Yeah, uh, interesting kind of divides, I think. It does kind of make it a little more regional. Uh, and for all of you viewers that are not named Abby Collins or Evan McCarthy, uh, I think this, I'm trying to remember who put this out there. I can't remember exactly who put it on Twitter, but basically the, the conferences would be, or the divisions would be Sonics, Blazers, Kings, and Warriors uh, up here in the Northwest. And you have the two LA teams with Las Vegas and the Suns down below that. Uh, the Pelicans are still in the West, but yeah, like you said, uh, AQ, both them and Grizzlies could arguably be moved the other way if it really came down to kind of, you know, sussing up the lines here. Uh, Minnesota, Memphis, and New Orleans are all kind of right on that middle divide between all the, the other teams here. But Evan, what do you think about this? Uh, can you see the NBA with 32 teams? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely could. And again, being from New Orleans, or living in New Orleans, not, not from New Orleans, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Uh, but being in New Orleans, it's actually a really big deal for the city. Um, prior to uh, the Pelicans winning the lottery a few years ago and being able to draft Zion, there was a really big fear that if the Pelicans continued to not play that well um, and not draw a crowd like they weren't at the time, that uh, the Benson family, who uh, the Benson wife who now owns um, the Pelicans, who heard her uh, husband owned the Saints and the Pelicans. He passed away, and now she right. owns the Pelicans. The big fear was that she would be welcome to selling the team, and then the NBA would just move the Pelicans somewhere, like to either a Seattle or Vegas. So this news coming out that they plan to expand is actually huge news for everyone down here in New Orleans. It, they could breathe a little Oh, wow, there you go. Yeah, because if they're expanding, then they're not going to be moving teams, right? So um, I didn't think that that was going to be a real big possibility after Zion got drafted anyways, at least for the near future, because they are drawing crowds down here now in New Orleans with Zion in the mix. But um, it's actually big for basketball uh, down in this region, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Boy, yeah, I, I love that. Didn't even really plan this ahead. Evan, you were in last minute uh, addition today. And again, thank you so much for being flexible with your schedule. But yeah, I love it uh, how relevant the expansion of the topics are. We really planned this out well without trying. <laughs> uh, so I, I just want to compare real quick, too, before we move on to more Blazer-centric stuff. The NBA expansion that we're talking about is one of three kind of topics that have been kind of these backburners. One of the other ones has been baseball coming to Portland. The Portland Diamond Project has been something that a lot of coworkers and obviously, you know, the rare baseball fan that you find uh, we'll talk about. But also the WNBA coming back to Portland. People have been... Uh, talking around the WNBA expansion as well and, you know, kind of the questions of what city would love a team. And we used to have the Portland Fire here, so there certainly is obviously a, a fan base for it, and I think a lot of people have been trying to kind of, you know, get the, a little vocal campaign going. But what do you each think is more likely, AQ, uh, between the NBA expansion, the WNBA coming to Portland, 
or Major League Baseball coming to Portland? What do you think is going to happen first? Well, I'm not really like into like Portland politics, and I don't know what the city is thinking of. But I personally, no one does. I would love to see more of hockey. I'm not really into baseball like that. I'm not really into hockey as well, but like I've been to hockey games and they're much funner than baseball games. No offense. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair, man. Yeah, like uh, the winner of the uh, yeah Winterhawks up here get a lot of attention. They are a lot of fun to go to those games. Uh, I like it going off the board. What about you, Evan? NBA expansion, the WNBA in Portland, or Major League Baseball in Portland? Yeah, I mean, of the three, I think probably the most likely is the NBA expansion because, you know, you can't undercount the greed of NBA owners. And given <laughs> they took the hit that they did with COVID, like the whole idea to expand is to make up revenue, lost revenue during COVID, which a lot of them did right. quite a bit. Um, so I, I would definitely say that. And then between WNBA or MLB, you know, I, I haven't been following the MLB stuff uh, to Portland that closely more recently, but from what I understood, what I was reading, it seems kind of like a grift, like that's not even really a feasible thing because they don't really have a location to put it and who's going to build the stadium and the infrastructure of different places where they wanted to put it, they'd have to change roads and uh, yeah. Tra- yeah, and all that. I would love baseball in Portland, but I think WNBA would be the most fun. It's something that did work there at one point. There's already a building in place that, that the women can play in. And um, I think that women's basketball, the WNBA, is going to continue to blow up. And um, so, yeah, I think given this last offseason where Nike came in and designed all those jerseys that are amazing, the WNBA, yeah. WNBA does a fantastic job of branding right now. And uh, I think that's going to be the next big thing, kind of following in the popularity how MLS has started to really gain steam over the past years. I think the WNBA is going to be the next big sports league that does the same thing. One more thing. That. Yeah, what's up? Can we bring? I I I've, I didn't hear that you mentioned WNBA. I would love to have WNBA team in every big NBA city. Uh, NBA team with the city. Um, but the Blazers are not the only NBA team without a G League team. Oh really? Yeah, Wait. the Nuggets just got one like last month, and they'll start it out this season or next season. So now we're the only ones, and we we need one. So yeah, like I know I agree with you on that. Getting more, getting the G League grown is a a big factor as well, man. And I I think in general it would it'd be nice to get, you know, maybe G League doesn't go in every NBA city, but in like you know kind of the, the nearby satellite cities, smaller communities to again just help kind of spread this around. But I'm with you. I I'm I'm I think I'm with both of you. I would love to see the WNBA expanded. I think Portland would be a great spot for it. I'm a, I'm a little critical of baseball in Portland. Uh, as far as what you're saying, Evan, I'm not against them coming up here. Baseball is fun to go and watch uh, as a spectator, but like Portland, <laughs> we've got the Blazers, the Timbers, the Thorns, and the Winterhawks right now. I feel like the, if, if the city were receptive to one more team, I feel like they'd, there'd be a much larger market for a WNBA team uh, than there would be for a baseball team. Actually, I, I, you know, we also have the Portland Pickles here. And I just I don't think they've really kind of grown a fan base in the way uh, that a lot of the other kind of <laughs> see the that Portland like, what? The Portland Pickles, yes, that would be the the minor league minor league <laughs> baseball team up here in Portland. Uh, oh, I, just, I, no idea. Ordered, I just ordered a Pickles hat. It's going to be here in the next few days. There we oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's nothing nothing wrong with going to it. I just feel like the the Pickles have not really grown a fan base behind them the way that there's already this instilled fan base that would go to a WNBA game. Uh, or, yeah, don't the yeah. don't the thorns kill it like attendance wise? Oh yeah, like, 
sell out games, then yeah, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I think they would do really well in Portland. And for everyone, you know, that uh, just you know, let's let's tout the Soccer City USA a little bit here too. For everyone that's kind of you know uh, down on soccer, both Timbers and Thorns have won titles in the last few years. So these are teams in Portland, local teams that are having huge success. If you're not going to see those games, uh, they, uh, you're, you're missing out. And obviously, you know, COVID and everything, no one's been able to see games, but that's changing now, uh, which we can, you know, we'll get back to another point. Okay, so next up though, I want to touch on the end of the regular season, kind of some some trends that we've we've talked about in the last couple episodes here and just kind of let's, let's do a, an update. There were seven games since our last podcast two weeks ago. We crushed Cleveland in AQ. I love it because I was listening back to last episode and you were so worried about whether or not we'd even be able to beat Cleveland. And then we were like worried about whether we'd be able to really like do well against the Rockets. We even talked about if the good teams like Phoenix and Denver were closing down the end, if they only played their benches, Blazers still might lose because Blazers can always blazer it out. You know, it, uh, it was it was really funny how our perception before this was so concerned about what would happen. Then we go out, we crush Cleveland, we get a tight win over the Lakers, we crush the Spurs and Houston, although the Houston game is a little closer than it should have been. We get a good win over Utah, one point loss to Phoenix, and then we just just completely handle Denver on the last game of the season. 10-2 and two run over the, um, over the last 12 games. That's right after losing the back-to-back at home against Memphis, where we, again, were so concerned about what the future of this team was going to be, how it was going to manage to kind of get its way in towards the playoffs. Uh, and again, another great quote from last episode, you were talking and you said, I do believe the Blazers can finesse their way into six seed, but this was coming from a place of doubt as in like, we might be going up the play-in, we might not even last through the play-in. And I think finesse is probably the best possible word you could have chosen to actually describe what happened over this last week, uh, this last weekend, all the games on Sunday coming down to the end where... We, we we looked like we were staying in six, couldn't climb to fifth to, to have that Denver matchup. And then Clippers are trying to manipulate it on their end, like trying to lose games to basically avoid the Lakers in a way. And the way everything fell out, we ended up getting the matchup we want, I think. But uh, I'm not, you know, what, what, how does this feel to you? How did this shake out uh, overall with the end of the season? What's your impression? We need to thank one team <clears throat> and one team only, the Sacramento Kings. We need to thank the Sacramento Kings for that, yeah. <laughs> yes, because they beat the Lakers for us, and then they beat the Mavs three times in over, like, I think, a two-weeks um, two er, uh, era, whatever, um, to give us enough hope. Because remember, coming off the five-game losing streak, I think we were, like, two and a half games behind uh, Dallas and, I think, two games behind L.A. The Kings and the Timberwolves helped us out they gave us enough push to kind of get us over the line. And I'm so glad, yes, the Nuggets are the preferred matchup because I think the Clippers would have swept us. Yeah, in regards to the matchup, I absolutely think that the Nuggets are the matchup for a few different reasons. I mean, one, we beat them in a seven-game series a couple years ago, when, and now one of their better players in that series, and then someone who really proved himself in last year's postseason in Jamal Murray is not playing, and we're healthier, right? Like, in that series, we had... Right. Uh, Ennis Cantor guarding the, who's going to be this year's MVP with basically one arm <laughs> and was fasting on Ramadan and was able to hold his own against Jokic. Um, and we're just better. Like CJ McCollum is probably a little bit better than he was back then. Um, and to AQ's point, like the Clippers would not have been a good matchup. They are a nightmare for us. Like we don't, we don't guard uh, wing players that can create their own shot and are just big 
and they have two dudes that can do that. And it would have been yeah. a nightmare, a nightmare to guard them. We're going to have to deal with Michael Porter Jr., but that's fine. Like we can figure that out. But against Kawhi and Paul George, I don't think it would have been. A, I don't think it would have been pretty at all. Yeah, I think the Clippers would have been the disaster matchup. There was some talk about like maybe the Blazers should attempt to slide down to the play-in tournament because then we'd be facing Phoenix, and Phoenix is a team where we can match up a little more. I never really bought into that, and from the shaking yeah. of heads on the other side, yeah, I think yeah. we're on the same page for that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can't, Denver really is not, a. We're not good enough to be around in the play-in, like the Lakers, whatever. And <laughs> LeBron, LeBron was bitching about it, you know, a couple weeks ago before it was even for sure that they were right. going to get in. Like Hypocrite. no one, you just don't want to mess around in that stuff. And the Blazers are not yeah. good enough to be like, oh, we can handle it. Like, no, not at all. And on, on top of that, like the other side of the of Denver matchup, this gets all the narratives that we want. Uh, I, I hear you. Like you point out, Evan, Jamal Murray's not going to be in. That's a problem uh, as far as you know. Like wanting that kind of like that that top rivalry. But this is a divisional matchup for us. It's someone that we faced two years ago uh, in the uh, for the semifinals. We had the quadruple overtime game. Uh, Nurk and Jokic's history and Nurk's like you know kind of hatred, like his quiet seething hatred of Mike Malone and kind of the way that he got you know ousted uh, in Denver. There is so many. Oh, and also of course Melo. Melo. Melo going back. Mello. Uh, Melo's never won a game in Denver as an opponent. <laughs> wait, you mean like never won a postseason game? Nope, never. He, since oh, he wait. left Denver in 2011, I think he's like oh and like 13 or something. I could be wrong. Are you oh, serious? 13. I'm not joking. He has not won a game in Denver since he got traded. Melo's in never, as a Rocket or as a uh, in uh, when he was on the Thunder or anything, he's never gone yeah. into Denver and won a game. As wow. a Nick, as a Rockets yeah. player as a Thunder and now as a Blazer. Well, as, <laughs> a Nick, as a Nick, he would have only gone there once a year. So, I mean, that's not crazy to think, you know, because the Eastern yeah, Conference okay. team only play there once a year. They play Western Conference team once on the road. What, what's funny to me, though, is that I mentioned, uh, mentioned the Rockets, mentioned the Thunder, and because Melo's now a Blazer, I just kind of erased the Knicks part of it from my head. I'm just like, oh, like, what? You know, he played on some other teams or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's there's lots of reasons that the Den the Denver matchup is the right matchup for us. I'm I'm excited for it. I just I love the way that the way it shook out on Sunday was really crazy with so many more teams caring about what's happening. There's so much more interest. And again, we'll we'll get to the playing tournament in one second. But I do want to touch on one other aspect we kind of talked about on previous episodes here. Besides just the concern that I mentioned earlier, we have blamed Stotts for a lot. And I was kind of holding out here. I've, I've been a Stotts supporter for a long while. Last week, AQ, you and Mikey were mentioning that Stotts really has, you know, he, he hasn't been here on the defensive end. He's had a consistent problem. We haven't seen change. He was trying to convince me of these things. But then again, we go 10 and two over these final games after all the concern we had. And beyond just that, the defense that was so bad, that was like historically bad across the NBA, now we've been, I believe, like a top 10 defensive team once Nurk has kind of gotten healthy over these last few. It wasn't immediate as soon as he came back, but we've kind of worked our way back in there. Does this change your guys' opinion on Stas? Does this make you feel like there's more that we should consider as far as keeping him around? Or is this purely just about uh, the, the impact that Nurk has? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go ahead. I, I, I know I got to give Stas some credit. He's um, done some good things. I think uh, leaving out uh, Derek Jones Jr. out of the lineup, I know a lot of people want to see more of DJJ, but I think <laughs> defensively he was lost out there. So playing him less has helped the team. Uh, sticking to the three-guard lineup, that's something Stotts has done really well. 
Um, and I think it's one of the better lineups in the NBA. It might be the best lineup in the NBA since it started. I could be wrong. Um, and then, right, with a healthy Nurkic. I feel like now that I think back at it, maybe I uh, gave Stotts uh, too much heat because Nurk is that much of a difference maker, especially defensively. Uh, I do think that, especially if Stotts wins this series, Nuggets series, I do think he'll be back. Um, maybe even like an extension or something. I don't know if I want it yet. I'll probably have to decide at the end of the season, but just throwing that out there. Now, now yeah, because hold up, because I think earlier we said, uh, I think you might have said something like, if Stotts, if we didn't make it to the, the Western Finals, Stotts is probably gone. You're thinking at this point, if he wins first round, like that's how much this kind of earned back a little bit. Uh, yeah, maybe potentially. I mean, but obviously, like, I haven't read any reports yet. Usually, Quake, Jason Quake has something in a detail so honestly if the blazers like are up in the series don't be surprised if you get that quick article talking about the blazers <laughs> bringing back stats what, what do you think evan like where did you were you ever down on stats have you kept your faith uh out there in new orleans or, or how, what does this mean to you with this last run wait do you not follow me on twitter i get into it with these these <laughs> children i get into it with these twitter children all the time no stats I am totally pro Stotts. Stotts is not to blame for the defense. Uh, I know that people are like, oh, we've had a history of having bad defense. In the 2017-2018 season, we had the sixth ranked defense in the NBA. Like, people are so quick to forget that. It's because, it's not because of coaching, it's because of roster construction and player effort. Like, that team like, has oh. Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless, Ed Davis. Like, those are dudes that play defense. Like, that's what they're in the NBA for. You talk about last year, the guys that Neil O'Shea brought in, like Whiteside, Hazonia, Tolliver, um, Gasol, who didn't even play, Baysmore, like those dudes weren't good. They didn't even last one season in Portland. They were all gone. So in my <laughs> mind, it's it's about roster construction and dudes who want to put in the effort. Like Ennis Cantor has done a he's Ennis Cantor is elite at getting rebounds, especially offensive rebounds, and put the ball back. He's not a good defender. Nurkic is a really good defender. So when he comes back, I'm not at all shocked about our defense trending at all. Like, that's what I've been screaming the entire time. Like, we just got to get healthy. And then the other part about changing. So it doesn't change my opinion on Sauce, but if he should come back or not, it's not even if he deserves to come back or not, because he should, because the coaching isn't the issue. Neil O'Shea has never paired Damian Lillard with another all-star caliber player. And you, in today's NBA, you need at least two all-stars to be a contender. And Dame is... Aside from Lorcas Aldridge, who was already here when Neil and Terry showed up and then left, they've made no effort to bring anyone else to help Dame. So it's not a matter of should he be or not. I think he should be here. It's it's political. I think it comes down to Neil O'Shea and his relationship with Jody Allen. And if Neil O'Shea thinks that he is put in a situation where it's maybe he or him, or if it's just unattainable in his mind, then he will fire Terry Stotts, whether Terry deserves to be fired or not. I don't think that Neil O'Shea wants to fire Terry Stotts. I think behind the scenes, and I don't know the inner workings of the Blazers at all. Like, I'll just admit that up front. But if I had to guess, I would bet that Neil O'Shea is probably telling Jody Allen, everything's fine, don't worry about it, don't listen to the little kids on Twitter if you are freaking out about Terry Stotts. It's fine. And I think that this, how we ended the season proves that, right? I think that that helps. And then, um, AQ, you were talking about uh, kind of articles that come out found it really interesting when Chris Haynes came out with that piece that, that said that Damian Lillard basically was screaming, why am I not getting any help on the roster? And then right after that piece came out, we went on that 10, two, 10, win, uh, 10 wins in 12 games. And I found that really interesting that that's when the, the story came out. Like my take on it was, 
I wondered because Dame and Chris Haynes have a really good relationship. If Dame was like, hey, release this piece, because apparently Chris Haynes had wrote, wrote that piece months ago and it didn't come out with it. And then right. I, I was thinking, what if Dame was like, drop that piece now because I'm about ready to go on a run and I want people, I want it to be on the record that I am not happy with the way the roster has been. So drop that piece and then I'm going to go on this run and I'm going to drag us to the sixth seed. And I, just want, <laughs> I, want, I want it on wax and I'm not happy with the roster. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so you got the full conspiracy take here, as far as like, because Dame, I think, came out after that whole thing and said, "Oh, he, Chris is acting like I helped him write that just because of our relationship, but uh, it wasn't anything to do with me." I like this idea though that Dame is help is part of the kind of the insider on it, being like, "Okay, like, like release it now for maximum effect." I could well, see Dame, this. Dame, well, Dame is not. We know this. Dame is not the type of superstar that's going to complain in the media. He won't. He'll never do that. He's too good of a dude. And he's got that relationship with Chris Haynes. And I was told by someone that that story had been written, like a version of that story was written like two months ago and it just didn't come out. And then all of a sudden it comes out and then we go on this run. Um, I know that Dame, we know that Dame has a really good relationship with Terry Stotts and the team does like when we were in that skid, when we lost that five straight and we're just getting beat and we, it looked like our season was done. If the players didn't like Terry Stotts, they would have checked out right then and there and just they would have mailed the season. In. Instead, they go on that 10-2 run. And not only that, we we're like blowing teams out on the road um, to finish the season. And like play teams, players that, that don't like their coach, they it is obvious when they're giving up on their coach and they didn't do it at the end of the season. Boy, I like it. I like it. Conspiracy corner with Evan over here. I'm, I'm buying into this. <laughs> uh, okay, so... We kind of touched on this earlier, but as, as far as the, the seeding and the narrowly avoiding the, the playing tournament, I just want to kind of roll back and, and kind of, you know, just uh, see what you guys think so far. The playing has officially started. We saw last night the Pacers destroyed the Hornets, uh, and which is not at all what I saw coming. And then Jason Tatum, while wearing a Celtics jersey, crushed the Wizards. I'm not saying this, the rest of the Celtics were bad, but uh, Tatum, I think, dropped 50. Was it 50 even or was it 50 something? Yeah, yeah boy, good, yeah. just insane uh in, incredible game for basically you know and these are one-offs again there's not a series of a uh, postseason basketball this is them fighting with everything they, they they had or everything they could bring and the hornets just really didn't bring it didn't show up but uh did you guys watch yesterday do you guys see the eastern Conference games what do you think I, yeah i did i mean i had them on the background while i was working on art um you know i honestly the pacers especially the pacers hornets game when they came out and uh, Doug McDermott is just like lighting him up. Like I quickly lost interest. I had it on, but like I just, I honestly could not care about either of those two teams really. <laughs> and, I, and I think that whichever team, whichever team in the Eastern play-in, well, the Celtics are going to play the Nets, and I think the Nets are going to beat the shit out of them. And then, <laughs> so Pacers, Wizards, like I, yeah, I think either team is going to get handled by Philly. So like. You know, did you guys whatever. hear? Did you hear Brad? Uh, did you hear Brad Stevens quote uh, about the the Celtics and Nets? Uh, Stevens was being interviewed about the upcoming series against the Nets, and he said, "I don't see the Nets losing this series." And it's like, wow, dude! <laughs> and like, just just threw his whole team under the bus all at once. Like, I don't see the Nets. I don't see the my opponents guy, losing this series. <laughs> my guy just turned. My guy just turned down seventy million to go coach Indiana, and he's making comments like that. Like, bro. Oh make, man! <laughs> like, make, you can make comments like that if you take that deal. Like, what are you doing? I mean, he's not in danger of being fired, but come on, man. Right. Yeah, that, that was. I just thought that was funny. Uh, yeah, what, what do you think, AQ, about night one though of the plane? 
Yeah, I didn't watch the Indiana Charlotte game, but I was surprised that the <clears throat> the Pacers won by a lot. I thought the Hornets were in that game. I, I saw the Pacers like injury report. Um, so I don't know if they like played everybody, but definitely surprising result. I did get to watch um, the Boston and Washington game. Uh, I was rooting for the Wizards because I wanted to see Westbrook versus KD and Harden. That would have been a fun storyline. Um, but yeah, the Celtics were really good. Uh, Jason Tatum, man, I'm a big fan of Jason Tatum. I think he's gonna be really top top NBA player. He's only what like 22 or something, and he's already yeah, like 22. He's scoring like you know 50 point games like regularly now. I think he's had a couple in a row. He had a really good game against us that we managed to win somehow. So yeah, um, Wizards and Pacers now. I'm, you know, no offense to the Pacers, but like, I kind of want to see Westbrook and Beal against the Sixers. I feel like they would offer a little bit more. Mm, yeah, I, I think with the way the, the Celtics have been playing recently, they've not ended the season very well. Versus, uh, Beal was challenging for the 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 scoring title for the season, and and Westbrook has been just triple doubling his ass off recently, like he does. Uh, yeah, I could see that, man. I, I could see those matchups. But I'm with you guys. That neither of these teams are really grabbing my interest, mostly because it's the Eastern Conference. But again, if we have NBA expansion, like we said earlier, this might matter a lot more to one of your guys' teams. So maybe you know, in the future, we'll have a an Eastern Conference ambassador come back on here, uh, and we can talk about this for next season. Uh, so tonight, though, we have the Western Conference games going off for the play-in. It's, uh, first, we have Grizzlies and Spurs starting in like 15 minutes from now. And then we have the Lakers and Warriors. I think we all it, – it's not really a question to even ask which of these is more intriguing, like what's the more entertaining matchup. Obviously, seeing a, a title rematch from a couple seasons ago between Lakers and Warriors is a pretty big game. But obviously, there's a lot of questions with health between these teams. Uh, Warriors are kind of diminished overall. Clay hasn't been here all season. AD and LeBron have both had their issues for the Lakers. Are you guys watching this this one tonight? Like, is this a big game for you? Who's, are oh, either you paying attention 100, to it? 150%. Yeah, this is, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be fun. And you got LeBron complaining about it leading up to it. And it's, it's right. unfortunate. Like, my thing was, I went this down this whole rabbit hole but towards the end of the season. Like, man, you know it would be awesome if the Warriors slipped to the nine seed and the Lakers stayed at seven and they both won their, and the, and the Grizzlies somehow beat the Lakers to be seven and then setting up a Warriors-Lakers playing game where loser goes home. That's the only bummer about that game. The loser doesn't go home. They just have to play another playing game. Um, but I'm 100 percent watching it because, in you know, getting at way ahead of ourselves, if the Portland Trailblazers can figure out a way to beat Denver, um, be the second round, we would play the winner of this series. So it's like, I think I, I think we would all probably want to play Golden State, um, assuming that they won. If they were to win their series, right? Like that's just getting like, or no, if they were to get in, I'm assuming. That so it just because the winner that's going to play Phoenix, the winner of Phoenix and, and the seven seed would play the winner of Denver right. Portland. So, right. So you're saying like Warriors versus Lakers, who would you rather see in the future? Yeah, if it, it came yeah. down because the Lakers. I mean, everyone would assume that the Lakers. I'm sure the Lakers would be favored to beat the Suns. And you know, who wants to face the Lakers? We saw we saw that last year, and we don't really want to do that. But yeah, it's. I'm very, very much uh, going to watch this game tonight. I'm very excited for it. Um, it's going to be probably one of the highest-rated NBA games in a long time. Oh, okay, so we've seen these first two games. We're going to watch two more tonight. 
uh, and you're kind of bringing this up, Evan, so I just kind of want to jump to what what tweaks do you think would perfect the, the, the playing tournament here? Uh, AQ, you, me, and Mikey, we talked before about do you need to involve the seven seed at all? Should this just be between, between like eight, nine, and ten kind of playing for that last spot? Uh, I like the idea of top seed only needing one win and the bottom seed needing two like we saw in the bubble play-in, but not this season. But right now, they're just going for like the one win, uh, a one-off, and then like you said, Evan, the, the loser plays the winner of the lower series. Uh, at this point, I'm not, even, I'm not even sure what which ones really matter, what the, the right spot is. And also, Evan, the other factor that you mentioned here, um, Lakers being favored over the Suns if Lakers are to make it in. It's weird to think that the Suns having earned, like, th think of the Think of the number one seed, uh, whether it was, you know Suns or Jazz in this case, uh, ended up with basically uh, we we brought. Sorry, I'm, I'm screwing this up. <laughs> one of the, one of the thing we brought up last time. Let me just kind of redo this whole thing. One of the thing we brought up last time. AQ, you mentioned that uh, when the seven eight play, if the eight wins it becomes a seven seed, but then the uh, the seven matchup, the seven seed originally goes down and wins the matchup between uh, the winner of the nine ten. The seventh seed originally is now the eighth seed, like the, those two seeds would flop. And if that doesn't benefit the top seed, if that doesn't benefit, like in this case, the Jazz being number one, but Evan, you kind of mentioned the Lakers being uh, favored over the Suns in the matchup if the Lakers are to win and face that the two seed there. Shouldn't this be, uh, should there be some sort of way of maybe the top seed picking their opponent if we're gonna have the plans kind of shaking up the seeding or maybe some sort of reseeding after the playing tournament, so now it would go back to being the the seven eight in the right order as far as the regular season record. Uh, this is a very long-winded way to kind of give you guys time to think. What kind of tweaks would you want to really perfect this playing tournament? AQ, you first, sir. I see you're ready for it. Yeah. Um, no, you broke it down really well. Uh, I I think the the biggest one is to get the seven seed like back to normal. It should only be between the eighth, nine, and tenth. Have nine and ten play each other. The winner of that plays the eight seed for the eight seed. That's easy, right? Like that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, I don't like a team ever picking their opponent. I think that's just a bad idea. That's just like that's not the <laughs> you don't like the smoke. No, I don't like that at all. It's just, it's it should be based on <laughs> it should be based on facts. It should be based on seedings, you know, tiebreakers. Because you know, what am I gonna do? You know, without uh, HP on Twitter and all his and his all his tiebreakers and stuff. You know. <laughs> Actually, speaking Wait, of HP, that, H that HP, that motherfucker blocked me. I think he blocked. He got me. Yeah. Block me. I think he did because he blocks everyone. I'm so, I'm sorry. He blocked you're like, me as well. Yeah, he's it. No, I like HP. I I think I think he's secretly a Nuggets fan. He doesn't want to say it out loud, oh, but he is a like, Nuggets fan. <laughs> basically, you know, but like, <laughs> but like, no, he's he's a good guy. He's like. If you like our NBA fan, you have to follow HP. He knows what he's doing, and he's. he's uh, that'd be nice if he doesn't block fans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's he literally this podcast blocked. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think it should be just eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, and what what do you think as far as what tweaks would you involve? I honestly think the most entertaining thing for fans, because like this whole playing stuff, like leading up to it. It's to help build buzz towards the end of the season and generate buzz and get, keep people excited, right? Because towards right. the end of the season, if I have to listen to one more fucking NBA podcast about dudes who I like their opinion, but like break down their first, second, and third all NBA teams, like I do not give a shit about that. I don't <laughs> care about every single podcast. I love guys like Zach Lowe and all those guys, but like I don't care where they're ranking these guys. I really don't. 
Um, so the, what's happened, and that, you know, prior to this year, the last few weeks of the season, that's all it was because half of the playoffs were already in place. Teams were tanking to get in the lottery, all that. I think the most entertaining thing in AQ, <laughs> I'm going to rebut you on this. I think the most entertaining thing would be to have the top four teams go in order and get to pick their four, get to pick their opponent. So number one gets to pick first, two gets to pick their opponent, three gets to pick theirs. They, it would, they'll never do it. The NBA would okay. never do it. The NBA would never do it, but I think it would be the most entertaining for fans. For, Cause then you get the whole, like, you know, say you're the Blazers at, at uh, say you're the Blazers as a six seed, but number one, you number one, Utah's like, uh, we actually picked the Blazers. Then you get the yeah, chip on the yeah. Blazers shoulders. We're like, Oh, you're going to pick us. You want to go against us. All right, well, let's go. That whole chip yeah. on the shoulder thing. I think the, the chip fun. on the shoulder plus you get like the added stakes from the other side. Like if Utah now, if, if Utah, if Blazers play well against Utah in that case and Utah has to then face down, like you pick this team and they beat you up. Like, I think there's a lot of exactly. interesting stuff you get with the smoke, but I'm, I'm with you. The NBA would never go for it. I think, uh, I don't remember which podcast it was. It might've actually been Zach Lowe, who you mentioned a second ago. Uh, but I think on the low post, they they mentioned that players don't want to see this. Players don't want the pressure of a being called out. Like they weren't a competitive team. Uh, or like, you know, like a star player on a not competitive team doesn't want to be called out and then look bad and kind of get trolled for the whole rest of it. And I also don't think other players, the, the players on the winning team, I don't think they want the pressure of calling out, you know, oh, yeah, we want to face Lakers instead of, you know, or let's say like, oh, we want yeah. to face War the Lakers here. And then along comes Steph and just like lights you up. And then the you main, look horrible. For sure. I get that, too. And it would be interesting to see who's even in charge of that decision. I don't I, with the team vote. But anyways. The main reason why the NBA would never do it is for logistics purposes, right? Like right now, the NBA is laying in the schedule for the teams that are already locked in, and then they have to they have the headache of trying to work in who's going to win these games. If you made it so that no one knows what this what they're going to be like, the NBA would have to take like a week off so that like right. these these yeah. cities could logistically figure out like when's the schedule, how they're going to staff it and sell tickets. Like it 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 would never happen. Yeah, it'd be way too much on the fly. Uh, okay, though no, I, I I think we both like is we we've had some uh, some ideas on how to kind of like alter the plan. Overall, though, I think what you hit on the most important aspect of the seven, uh, the the plan is is designed to get engage more fans. The whole point of this is get more people watching the games that usually at the end of the season have been totally wastes of time. The the top seeds don't care about the last like 10 games or so of the season usually because they're locked in. They know where that, and often there's like several games gap between the first and second. So they're not competing. They're not jostling for position. Uh, this kept even those top teams engaged because it, they like, you know, we're seeing things like the Clippers kind of maneuvering so they could be on the opposite side of the bracket from the Lakers. Uh, there's some question whether the Suns and the, and the jazz kind of, worked too hard in the games, maybe even against the Blazers. Like, were they kind of looking at position again and saying, we don't want to face uh, the Lakers in this matchup or whatever. I, I think beyond the, the, what the teams are doing though, this definitely undoubtedly brought more, more teams fan bases were paying attention to the games at the end of the season than there normally would be with the last 10 games. If your team isn't competitive, if, you, if your team is like a 10th seed Spurs or a ninth seed Memphis Grizzlies, uh, you're checked out. You, you weren't even paying attention to a lot of these games. And at this point, you have something to play for all the way down to 11 or 12 really arguably could have something to be like fan bases could have something to pay attention to all the way up towards the, the actual postseason starting. So I'm, I'm fully in on this. I've said this on our pod before. I am absolutely in on the playing tournament. I, that's why I'm asking about those tweaks. Cause I want to know how we can get this like locked in and a thing that is just like, you know, kind of perfected where there's less complaints about, Oh, you know, 
we had two bad games and we got ousted from a seventh seed or or you know whatever it, the big thing for me though if the Lakers this year go from being seventh seed before playing and somehow let's say Warriors beat them tonight and then uh, uh, the Grizzlies can get really lucky against them uh, in the following game. I would love it so much if Lakers can just completely fall to the playoffs. I'd be so happy to see that kind of whole LeBron and AD less in the playoffs. Uh, I know well, I'm not well, on that. Well, if, you, if you like the play-in, uh, you might not want to root for that because if, if they get bounced because of the play-in, <laughs> yeah. the NBA might be like, eh, we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's locked in. I think it is here to stay, but you're right. The only way that they probably would consider removing the plane entirely is if LeBron and AD, were, uh, the, the the cash cows of the NBA this season, were just not involved. And, uh, I, we, and we, as fans, we would not want to live with all offseason hearing LeBron and AD complain about they did <laughs> between Between seasons, they didn't get any rest. They didn't want to play the All-Star game, and they made them play the All-Star game. They didn't want to do the play-in. Like, we would never hear the end of it. It would be so annoying. Yeah, honestly, I like the playing tournament. I think it should be continued next year with just some tweaks, but it's definitely added more um, attention to the end of the season. More teams are trying harder at the end of the season, and uh, it's engaging. It's fun. We we all yeah. want the same thing for the NBA, to get more viewers. So Yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, it's, it's definitely helping. Okay, let's lay out the upcoming postseason. Uh Mostly, let's just focus on on the Blazers for this. Like we said earlier, we got the matchup we want, the matchup against Denver. It's got all the narratives. Uh, also, also possibly is the best matchup for us on paper uh, with the way kind of you know the the health has worked out for Denver. Um, one narrative, real quick, that we didn't touch on earlier. I am not a fan of Michael Porter Jr. I, I his game is nothing's horrible about the game, man. But like I'm big on, I think you both know at this point. I'm big on the off court and kind of the personalities of the players that I root for. And this dude is like, I don't want to say an anti-vaxer, but he's almost an anti-vaxer. Like he's he's got some he's had some weird quotes, weird he's, things to say about anti-vaxer and curious for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about this this matchup, uh, the rematch up, I guess you could say too, from uh, the playoffs two years ago. Adding Nurk and Powell to the lineup from from and Rocco from what we had before when we faced Denver, I I just I feel pretty good about this. And obviously we are the lower seed in the matchup, but I'm hearing a lot of talk. Uh, shout out to uh, Alex Labadou, he works for uh, the Nuggets. He even said the other day. Uh, that if they don't get Will Barton back healthy at least, he actually might even not feel that good about Denver's chances. This is coming from a Denver writer. So I, I you know, I, I feel like we're, if I'm hearing that from him, I feel like I'm not crazy to feel good about the Blazers. Are you guys not crazy with me? Like, how, how are you feeling? How confident are you on a, on a on a one to 10 scale, Evan? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm actually feeling really good. When, when this, we first got seated against, when we found out it was Denver, I was, on the fence, but as I dug into it more, um, I felt a lot better. I mean, I think this series is going to boil down to like the most simplest thing. Denver's got to stop our three guard lineup in Dame, Norm Powell, and CJ, who are probably going to average 75 to 80 points a game. And then the, Bla <laughs> the Blazers need to stop Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Like, I went and looked at the game log for the Nuggets, and aside from the last game of the season where we blew them out. The 23 games prior to that, all the way back to April 4th, their leading scorer was either Jokic or Porter Jr. in every single game. Only those two dudes, wow. one or the other. So it is literally, we need to shut them down, or maybe just one of them. Um, so it's going to come down to that. It's, it's. I feel confident if Denver's mindset is, um, 
you know, let's get into let's get into a scores match and see who can win, who can score the most points. I feel really confident in that. Um, you know, I think given the past, especially since Nurk came back or more recently, the Blazers had the best offense in the NBA. And I think X factor wise for the Blazers, I we've talked about it in, at length in the past about how, especially going back to the Pelican series where we were swept because Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo just crowded Damon CJ. Adding Norman Powell, I think, is going to be huge because it's just another guard that can come in. He can create on his own. He gets downhill. He can run a fast break. Um, I think Norman Powell is going to be the big X factor in the series for the Blazers. Do you agree with that, AQ? Like, who's your X factor? You uh, you go with Norman Powell as the biggest factor for us? Because I, 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 I don't know. I, I could make an argument for Nurk, I feel like. I feel like he's definitely, you know, again, with I want to keep on this narrative thing. But where, where are you going? How do you feel about this uh, first-round series? Yeah, I think my biggest X factor is going to be Robert Covington. Um, he's going to be having to guard one of either Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon the whole series, uh, and he's going to be axed a lot defensively. He's going to—he's pretty much our second best, our only other plus defender in the starting lineup, uh, other than Nurk. Um, and the fact that he's going to have to be fighting between Gordon and Porter Jr. a lot of the time, and then also hitting those open shots, I think. Um, I do think that uh, the interesting thing to watch is going to be the health of the Nuggets guards. Um, I think uh, I was reading up on some injury reports in that Compazzo, Barton, and uh, I think another Nuggets guard are all nursing injuries. So that's going to be something to watch. I do like the Blazers' chances in this series. I think with how good Dame is playing, how good uh, <clears throat> Norman Powell and CJ McCollum um, are all playing our guards might be too much to overmatch but listen Nikola Jokic I cannot say enough about that man I'm not even kidding he can single-handedly win this series for the Nuggets just because he shows up and he says I'm taking over this series he can win it he's that good if he gets a little help from Porter Jr. and Gordon I think those two are the Nuggets X-Factors those two have to show up because I, I do think Jokic can do enough but I don't think he can beat us by himself in a whole series, but he can definitely win a few games. I think I'm gonna go Blazers in six. Oh baby, I like it. I, got, I like it. I got, I'm going Blazers. I got Blazers in six tattooed on my arm. No, I'm, like literally, I literally have Blazers. <laughs> uh, Do you really? That's that a good is, one. I like it. No, that is not. That's not a joke. People, yeah, you know, if people want to hit up me on uh, Twitter, I think I posted pictures on. Yeah, I got Blazers in six tattooed on my arm. Uh, that's the, amazing. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, and Keith, to your point about Nurkic real quick, this is a stat I looked up the other day, because I do think that Nurkic is up there with Norman Powell's next factor, and I do agree with AQ that Robert Covington's going to need to be huge, especially with his health defense in this series. But Nurkic, um, I think we, he's been trying to play into shape this season. I think that he's going to need to play 30-plus minutes a game. So I went and looked up this season. He's played in 30-plus minutes a game only four times this year, and I know he was hurt for a yeah. stretch of it. Only four times he's played 30-plus minutes in, in those games we were 4-0, um, which isn't like a huge oh, nice. sample size. It's not a huge sample size, but I do think the more he stays on the floor, just the better he makes our team in general. Um, he's going to be someone who's obviously going to get up for this series with the whole narrative of him, the Nuggets essentially giving up on him for Jokic, which obviously was the right move, but still, um, he's going to want to go prove it. And then earlier when we played the Nuggets early in the season, I looked up this stat, um, he's, I think the team stats wise that he plays the best. I think the, the top team is Denver that he plays the best. So I uh, yeah. need him to have a big series. Yeah, I, I, I could see that for sure, man. Uh, 
that he he definitely he gets up against Denver. He he definitely is not a fan of Mike Malone. He's probably not as big of a fan of Jokic either. I, I don't really know that for sure. Don't want to start. Yeah, I think they're friends. They're friends. And recently, he had a quote that he said that Jokic absolutely should be MVP. So I think I think they're yeah, still friends. Yeah. yeah, they don't hate each other at all. Yeah, yeah. But but he's more uh, of a fan base thing. Yeah, but but Nurk definitely he definitely holds some he holds a, a bit of a fire for when he gets when he plays against the Nuggets. Well, I was just going to say, I think an, another interesting part of the series could be Ennis Cancer. Um, he played really well against Jokic, admittedly, two years ago, back in 2019. I think he was an X-Factor. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, His offensive presence kind of made it harder for Jokic to put too much um, effort into defensively. And I think playing Cantor, you know, I, like maybe... Maybe 20, 25 minutes uh, against Jokic could be uh, X factor as well, just to kind of make him do a little bit more. Um, you know, we all know Cantor uh, is really good offensively, especially in the post. Make Jokic work down there. Yeah, I, I like that. It's kind of a, a good counterpoint to what Evan's uh, sample was too. I, I like what you were saying, Evan, about the when Nurk plays over. Was it over 30 or over 35? Is over 30? 30. Yeah, he's barely yeah. played over 30 minutes four times this year, but all four times we've won. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the small sample size on that. I'm good with that. But at least if it's not uh, going quite as well or if he's needing to kind of spread that 30 out, Cantor, I think the idea of where, like, last time we managed to make it work with Cantor as the starting center, and Evan, like you referenced earlier, he was he had been fasting. He had basically one arm after some shoulder. Yeah, he was, that one arm, it was, remember, he, was, <laughs> he barely had an arm. Like, I think right. his arm was going to fall off. Like he was our X Factor then, and now that we have Nurk in front, and and Cantor can be more of kind of a spelling Nurk and just putting pressure on Jokic, like you said on the one on the floor, that could be great. That could be a huge factor. Uh, and you know, I, I think AQ, you led this off by saying it was going to come down to player health, and yeah, that's that's obviously going to be a, a giant factor. Of this, but the uh, this matchup is just it's it's so rife, it's so laden with like lots of good points, and I, I can't wait for it to get started. Let's flip this around though. We're talking about. The Blazers and the Nuggets, uh, obviously we know who we want to win that, and I feel like we all are feeling pretty good about that, at least before the series started this weekend. Who must lose? What what, what, are, what are you looking for on the other end of things? Obviously, like I said earlier, I would love if the Lakers completely fell out of the playoffs entirely. Is there a team that you guys uh, – <clears throat> Nuggets. Uh, is there a team that either of you guys are just uh, kind of really fired up about kind of seeing them maybe fall on their face after recent stuff? For me, it's got to be the Clippers, right? Because they were embarrassed last year in the playoffs by uh, Denver, where they were up 3-1 and they lost. And then going like, during the season, all we would hear about is how ready they are, how ready they are. They're going to, you know, this is their year. They embarrass, they fall flat on their face and embarrass themselves. And then coming into this postseason, they, you know, they tanked the end of the season because they didn't want to face the Lakers in their half of the bracket. Which doesn't even guarantee, right? Like, if the Warriors win tonight, then the Lakers are going to fall into their half of the bracket, which would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think the Mavericks are going to have enough firepower to beat the Clippers, but like eventually, I would I want to see the Clippers lose for sure. <laughs> that is that is hate right there. Honestly, okay, this is going to sound weird. I hate the Clippers, but they're the only shot of stopping the Lakers, so I have to keep rooting for them. Like, I despise them, but I hate the, the playing Lakers. Could stop the Lakers. fiber of my bone. Like, I will never I will never hate a team as much as I hate the Lakers. And it's yeah. mostly because of Laker fans. Um, but another team that, like, I'm secretly, like, yo, I hope they fall on their face. And it sucks, but the Suns. Like, 
I know, right? Like, CP3 is, like, really annoying as always. Also, <laughs> I'm still salty about that win uh, um, Thursday. Yeah. That was not a fall. Like, Booker should not have shot those free throws. I hope they get the Lakers and they lose in, like, five or something. But you, oh, you know what you know what would have happened if Roko would have made those two free throws? We would we would have ended up being uh, playing the Clippers in the first That's round. The Clippers. That's yeah. actually a good point. I love the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> I, love, I love Monty Williams. I'm a big Monty because back in his time in Portland and then uh, when he was briefly the head coach in New Orleans, like, you go read some stories about just how good of a guy Monty Williams is. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm so pumped that he won – coach of the year in one of the polls whatever poll it was and uh right. I, I i like aq i find chris paul very annoying i find him very taxing um but like i wouldn't mind the sun just because i root for the success of money for sure you know you've changed my mind i'll root for their success but chris paul having bad games we can't yeah, root yeah. for their success over the lakers right like we're all i think oh, yeah. we feel like we're on the same page here just make the make the lakers somehow just get unlucky and and let's see some chaos let's see the the la teams not have two representatives in the postseason uh <laughs> but hey look we we also we didn't we kind of skipped over this earlier but i just want to come back to a uh you know the the Denver fan base. We talked about fans and kind of oh, the narrative. Oh, please, yes, <laughs> so, please. Let's talk about. I, I feel like among the among the three of us here, there's been some uh, some real particular incidents with the with the the Denver fan base. Evan, you in particular, uh, you had a a great tweet that has kind of stood the test of time. Uh, from I think the what two years ago about the Denver airport. Is that right? Yeah. So just a quick backstory. Uh, and during the t- that 2019 series against the Blazers against the Nuggets, I have a buddy that lived in Denver. So I flew from New Orleans to Denver to see, I believe it was game one of the second round series. Um, went, went to the game, had a good time. We lost it, I think it was game one because it was in Denver, obviously and we lost. So I think it was game one. And uh, I was shocked while I was in the stadium. I'm looking up. This is a second round playoff series. And I'm looking up in the upper bowl in the middle of the game. And there's like empty seats in there. I'm like, this is a fucking playoff game. Like, why are there empty seats in this building? So the next day I go to the airport and I'm like still decked out in blazer gear. And like, I don't know, anywhere I go that's not in Portland, if I wear blazer gear, like people just like not talk shit, but they'll just comment like, oh, blazer fan or Portland, whatever. So I figured that if I were in the Denver airport the day after we lost to them and I was decked out in blazer gear, I just figured someone would say something to me and like just like – it wasn't, I, I tweeted that no one said anything and it was more of a, like, does anyone down here care that yeah, ties yeah. into the fact that there were empty seats in the building. And so I tweeted about it and then, yeah, people in Denver, like their handful of friends or whatever fans uh, tweeted back at me and it was a ton of, they picked up a lot of stuff. Like there was a local radio dude who got into it with me where he's, he started to be like, well, the reason there are empty seats is there's so much stuff to do down in Denver. We've got a hockey team. You guys don't. We've got a professional football team. You guys don't. <laughs> Our weather's nicer. We've got better. Like he listed off all this stuff. I'm wow. Like, I'm like, I don't even live in Portland anymore. I don't like. I don't care. <laughs> and so their fans like they to the, so they still come at me. Like for the longest time they would come at me for their handful of friend, uh, fans. And then the other night uh, on Twitter, I saw like that tweet started to get traction again, like likes. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I went and looked, and one of their fans like commented on it two years later and then it sparked this whole thing where now more people are like piling just, into just it just brought it back <laughs> you know, <laughs> dorks they're dorks how dare, how dare you have a second round playoff game and you have empty seats in your arena like i will never take that fan i will never take a franchise seriously again again 
I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting us relive that. That's yeah, fun. man. <laughs> that whole, and, and yeah, it, look, all fan bases get salty. Portland fan bases are known to, Portland fans are known as well for, for, you know, we, we get up in our feelings about, about bad matchups. We'll spend a lot of time on Reddit. Uh, the, the Ripsy subreddit, we've had <laughs> numerous hat tips to before on this podcast, but yeah, AQ, what about, what about you? Have you had any, uh, I know overall in history, you've got some things to say about the Nuggets. Have you had, had any interest? recent interactions on the socials you know this is going to be typical aq that's going against the normal but i don't mind nuggets fans i think <laughs> i think really similar blazers fans we're we're like i would say a small market compared to these bigger giants and they've drafted really well uh they've drafted most of their stars in murray and uh Jokic, I was really sad about Murray going down. Um, actually, I wanted the Timberwolves to draft Jamal Murray back in 2015 or 16. Um, and they drafted uh, that one other guard. I forgot his name. That's how bad he was, though, um, that I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I don't mind the Nuggets, honestly. They're, they're our worst fan bases to get mad over, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Lakers. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm fine with that. We can all. I would root have... for the Nuggets to beat the Lakers in the next round if they win. They, okay, there you go. Yeah, we can convert to Nuggets fans briefly uh, if things go poorly for us. If there's some insane upset, insane crazy miracle run for the Nuggets that lets them beat the Blazers in this first round, uh, we can all briefly become Nuggets fans just to make sure the Lakers do not advance. I'm with you with, with that, but I, I do love the the rivalry that we have going. I, I think it's a good rivalry between the Nuggets and the Blazers. It's a good kind of interdivisional thing. Uh, if we're not going to have a team in Seattle, this is probably one of the closest uh, teams that we actually could you know, geographically kind of compete with. So uh, it works. It works for me and, and hopefully it works for the Blazers for this first round. All right. First round predictions. All right. Take the lead. Go for it. I guess let's start with the East. Uh, we're going to we have uh, the Sixers versus the winner between Indiana and Washington. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sixers pretty easily in that series. I'll go Sixers in four. So, yeah, the Sixers aren't gonna have much trouble with either of those teams. Uh, it's it's gonna be four or five at most. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I probably won't watch very much of that series at all, to be honest. <laughs> and then we got Celtics and Nets. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Nets in five. I think they're gonna overpower the Celtics. Yeah, uh, Celtics, like I said earlier, Celtics just not playing well. Nets, uh, it hurts to see them advance anywhere. They are my Eastern Conference Lakers, man. They're a team of villains. And, you know, a shout out to Eric Renner, my coworker today at, uh, at No Show. He's He pointed out if the Nets somehow managed to win the title this year, that promotes super teams, that promotes no defense and all offense. It promotes everything that's like bad about the NBA as far as how I like watching. So, yeah, just please let the Nets fail. I went to a Nets game this weekend. It was Bulls oh. and Nets in Brooklyn. I was out in New York. Oh, really? And the Nets fans, like, I mean, I guess they didn't allow a lot of fans, but, like, it's not as enthusiastic as Knicks fans. It's, like, it's kind of like Nets fans aren't a thing. Like, I know there's <laughs> some out there I will get killed for this, but MSG was way more lit. Oh, okay. Evan, what about you? Uh, you arguing with Nets over Celtics? Uh, I think if it if it could be possible, the Nets would win this series in three. But since they have to play four games, <laughs> I, think, I think they're going to absolutely demolish the Celtics. Yeah, I, I like it. Then we got the Bucks and the Heat. Um, I think Bucks are new with Drew Holiday. They're different. Um, Giannis is going to be motivated. I'm going to go Bucks in six. The legendary Bucks in six. 
I don't even think it's going to take six, man. I, I think the Bucks are looking awesome right now, and the Heat are kind of like the Celtics. They're not doing well as the season closes out here. I, I think I, I'd say five. I'll go one under. I'll price is right you. Uh, just to make it spicy and mix it up, I mean, I honestly think the Bucks are going to win, but I love the Miami Heat so much, so I'll say Heat in seven. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. If that happens, I love the Heat. If that happens, you get to come back on here, and we need a video on that, that time so you can be, like, wearing a crown, just kind of celebrating. Uh, I would love that. Honestly, let me just chop in here, too, real quick. In the East, I, Bucks would be the team that I prefer to win. Like, over Sixers, over Nets, I would rather have Bucks take it down in the East just – Giannis is the best player out there. I much prefer him over Embiid. Uh, and, yeah, the the whole MVP talks we talked about before with kind of the uh, the fatigue that he gets from just year after year stuff and not performing well in the postseason. If he played well, if Giannis played well in the postseason, it would be really nice to see. I, I agree. Giannis, if he beat the Heat, then the Nets, then the Sixers, then the Lakers, that would be a legendary playoff run. Oh, yes. Okay. Final and then, lastly, we got the Knicks and the Hawks. Uh I'm a big I'm a big side Knicks fan, so I gotta go with my Knicks. Jules Randle's playing great. R.J. Barrett, Derrick Rose, they're out here. I'm gonna go Knicks in seven. I think this is the series that goes seven. Uh, if Julius Randle wasn't a former Laker, I would like him as a Blazer. Uh, definitely a fan of him, and I'm a fan of defense, so I, I'm I'm with the Knicks on that. I Knicks in seven. You're saying uh, I'll, I'll price it right you again. Let's go Knicks in six. I. Uh... I like this is going to be this will be one of the most fun competitive series I think where it's closer than um, some of the other series uh, shout out Nate McMillan I think the Hawks are going to figure out a way to score against that crazy Knicks defense so I'll say Hawks in seven I like it all right Evan the contrarian in the Eastern Conference this works this is good we got some receipts here okay what's in the West let's go to the Western first round uh, the Utah Jazz are going to be playing. So it would be between um, Grizzlies and Warriors um, for the Jazz. Do you think the Jazz would beat the Grizzlies or Warriors? I do think so. I think the Jazz would beat each team in six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm fine with Evan, that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Evan. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, I think the Jazz are going to beat either of those two teams. All right. Next, we got the Phoenix Suns. Again, let's go with the Rock Chalk. Let's say the Suns are going to play the Lakers. I love, uh, like, listen, like, the Suns had a good season. But I'm not going against LeBron and Anthony Davis in a playoff series. I'm going to go Lakers in six. I think it will be closer than people think. I will do – it's going to come down to health. You know, if, if LeBron and AD are healthy, um, I don't think that Phoenix is going to have a way to match up with Anthony Davis or really LeBron. I'll say Lakers in five. Yeah, it, it's all about health here. But I'm going to rely on the, the, the player that none of us like, the, uh, the little Chris Paul over there. Backing up uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, too. Let's, let's not forget about him because, obviously, Chris Paul knows how to toss a lob. I can see them clicking together pretty well, especially if, like you said, Evan, if the Lakers have some health issues, which is not impossible. Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that AD and uh, LeBron are going to be healthy all the way through. So if they have issues in the first round, let's uh, let's get going for the Suns. Uh, Suns in Suns in, uh, Suns in seven. <laughs> no, LeBron's not going to lose game seven. Suns in six. Suns in six. All right, and then we got our matchup, Blazers and uh, Nuggets. Uh, again, I said Blazers six. It's tattooed on my body, Blazers and six. Come on. <laughs> All right, sweep it, Blazers and six. Let's do it. All right, lastly, uh, the LA Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I'll be rooting for the uh, Mavericks here, but I think the Clippers are going to pull it out in six. Yeah, I think Clippers in five. I, I think that they're just 
they just match up really. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup, especially if Chris Thompson going to play as he heard. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I think Booker's in five. Yeah, that's ooh, that's that's tough, man. I, I I want Luca to play as well as possible, but Dallas outside of Luca, Dallas has had some trouble this year. And I mean, on paper, Clippers are just going to be a tough matchup for for a lot of us. I I hope they at least give them a hard run. So like we said, we boy, how nice would it be if we get to like the semifinals of the West and there's no LA teams involved. Like Lakers could get eliminated right off the bat. Clippers are a thing of attrition after Dallas and just having to kind of run through it. Uh, Paul George, you know, being being Paul George, uh, <laughs> playoff P. Uh, let's have a, a you know reawakening of that, but it could happen. Let's 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 get there. Uh, I will go. Uh, okay, yeah, Cl- Clippers and six for the first round. Awesome, that's all, all right. it. All right, sweet. Well, we will come back to those receipts uh, as we get going on the first round here. We'll see how it goes. So, Evan, that means we got to have you on at least one more time in the postseason, if not just uh, drawing you back in here for for a number of episodes because this was fun, guys. This was a really nice time today. I appreciate you both coming on and chatting about it. Uh, Evan, can you let the listeners know if they don't know? about the sickest, slickest Blazers prints you can find online, where can they go to get them? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I sell my poster prints on evanem.com, E-V-A-N-E-M.com. Got Blazer stuff up there, just a bunch of hoops, pop culture, art, um, musicians, actors, all that. Got a lot of fun stuff and a lot more fun stuff coming out. So evanem.com is where you can find all that. And evanempdx is my Twitter handle. Where I post anytime I come out with something new or just talk bullshit, um, you can hit me up there. Yeah, I gotta go back on uh, and like reset my my settings on Twitter as far as uh, like you know pushing your. I don't see your tweets anymore. They seem to just get lost in the stream. And I'm going on here looking at all these wonderful pictures you have of Fat Man, all these awesome prints you have of Dame and Lamarcus and the rest on here. Uh, but yeah, man, at the very least, I gotta be trading more pug pictures back and forth with you. Toby up here. Uh, he's he's near 12 years old this year, man. He's he's getting up there. Uh, uh, he, give, give him a hug for me and Fat Man. I absolutely will. But uh, but yeah, man, go and check out evanm.com. Follow evanm. Uh, I already forgot the handle. It was follow uh, evanm pdx. Thank you. And aq. Uh, anything you want to throw out there besides your Twitter Twitter handle? Any uh, anything coming up? You, you traveling around? You jet sitting around to New York or anywhere else that we can find you? Yeah, I mean, um, I was in New York. I'll be out in Chicago Memorial Day weekend, so I'll be out and about. Follow me on Twitter at Abdikalis, A-B-D-I-Q-A-L-I-S. Awesome. And, yeah, I'm always at Rip City Keith, also at Trailcasters. Uh, just because, again, this came up on the no-show on, on air today. Uh, my Twitter handle came up, and suddenly I had a few more people following me. Just to be clear, if you follow at Rip City Keith, I know the name is Rip City Keith, but... That, it's not going to be a lot of Blazer content on there right now. Most of my stuff from there is is political or social justice oriented. It's where I get my anxiety, my stress out about all the stuff going on in the world. Follow Trailcasters, though, if you want the actual basketball stuff. We share lots of fun things on there. Uh, but that's it, really. So in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you to AQ and to Evan M. Thank you to Odar for these fat beats. Thank you to listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsky basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back for the next edition of the Trailcasters. <laughs>